Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our lovely co-host, Kyle. Now, Kyle and I are going to be discussing something this week, as we usually do. But this week, we have a very, very special Top Ten first. And that is, we have a true expert in the house. We have a guest who actually knows stuff about stuff. And specifically stuff we don't know about. So this is very exciting. This is a place we hope to take the pod, which is having really smart people come in and teach us about stuff we know nothing about. So I don't even want to give any more color on this. This this wonderful expert is going to talk to us about this thing. Kyle and I actually do know what it is. We will certainly not be debating it. We are going to be listening raptly and learning And by the end of this episode, we will probably have an intact top 10 from the beginning. So, MK, what are we talking about tonight? So today, we're going to be talking about uh, your top 10 wedding planning tips because I am your resident wedding planner here in Chicago. Um, It's called, my business is called Your Day by MK. I graduated from Notre Dame with these guys um, and realized all the Catholics get married all the time. So this (laughs) seems like a foolproof business plan. Um, So immediately post-grad, I opened my business. I'm based in Chicago, but I'll go anywhere if you pay me. Um, And I'm here to teach them a couple things about the wedding planning world. I am super into this. This is very applicable for us on the pod. Um, Kyle, because he is a recently married man, and me, for reasons that I'm still unclear whether we've disclosed or not disclosed on the podcast, we have one uh, tricky-to-schedule guest who who hasn't been on in a while. So needless to say, Kyle and I are very interested in weddings and wedding planning, And I think this is a very applicable topic for all of our listeners, because we do happen to fall into that demo of people who are getting married super early, bucking the the old millennial trend. Mm, You guys aren't ringed by spring folk, though. So those are the the people that got married before they ever paid taxes, you know, like, (laughs) and that's a different category in and of itself. True. I did just get off my parents' health insurance today, so. Oh, congrats. (laughs) Thank you. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I, d- I haven't gotten on to any new health insurance yet, though, so I'm hoping I have a very safe night. <laughs> so, MK, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, but you are primarily a day of coordinator, right? Yeah, so um, a big misconception that people have about wedding planners is that the only thing they'll do is if you hire them the moment you get engaged, and then they'll help you with everything, which is 100% something that I do, um, but the The majority of the world needs a day of coordinator or a month of coordinator, and they don't know that it's an option until like two weeks before the wedding day when they're freaking out. And they're (laughs) like, we don't want to be in charge anymore. So um, I try to tell people as soon as possible, like, this is an option. You can totally just have a month of coordinator. Um, I like to call it month of because it's not just the day of like we do work beforehand, because if I just showed up the day of your wedding, that'd be stressful for all of us regardless. Um, But that's like 100% an option. If you just want someone to help you execute your day so that you can actually participate in your wedding day, a month of coordinator is something to look into. So that's our ignorance right off the top. I really like that term, like month of as opposed to day of. Because you're right, like if it's just the day of, you're probably in trouble. Yeah, like you might as well just hire your cousin because they probably know more about it anyway because you've been texting them about it or something like that. Whereas like I'm walking in blind. I'm like, I don't even know what the bride and groom look like. So why am I supposed to be doing this? Yeah. 
I like that a lot. I also just immediately like kind of the sense that you want to get to know the the you know couple that's getting married because I know my mother and my sister are both real estate agents and they talk a lot about how much it, they need to know those clients because like if the client and them aren't going to have a good close relationship, it's like just sell your own house or buy your own house because they're not going to be able to help. But if they get to know each other and they build a relationship in some form of trust, like they can really help them. So I, I like to hear that that's something that matters to you. Right. And I mean, to be even more straightforward with it. My month of coordination, our first meeting is three months before the wedding day for yeah. that exact reading. Like I don't really do much at that point. It's just a time for me to get to know you guys, get to know the wedding. You know, if I'm supposed to, if something happens on the day of your wedding and I'm supposed to problem solve, I'd rather problem solve the way you want to see your wedding day go than yeah. have me just like figure it out on my own. But with three months time, like I've gotten to know you, I know it's important to you guys. Um, and so if does, if something does come up, like I'm, I'm, solving that problem as if I were the couple. Yeah. Like if, like, for example, if the flowers just don't get delivered, you need to know how much of a problem that is. Do you need to run down to a local florist kind of thing? Or is it just like, ah, whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and people have all different sorts of priorities. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's great. I'm extremely excited. So we're doing specifically top 10, Wedding planning tips, right? Tips. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't want to offend anybody. So we're just giving you guys <laughs> uh, tips on how to better better your wedding planning process, really. This, this is great because, like, I'm sure I could put a, a list of 10 things together, me and my wife could, of our wedding. But that's so, like, laser focused on one specific kind of wedding, right? Totally. Whereas you've seen how many weddings now and have a much broader much. scope of things, which is great. Yeah. Although I will say about 80% of my clientele are, are Catholic weddings. It's just what happens when you yeah. graduate from Notre Dame and you use Catholic guilt as part of your branding. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> so. It's all about finding a niche. That's what it's yep. all about. Yep. Yeah. But we've seen, I mean, I've, I've seen it all, like secular weddings, uh, church weddings. Um, I also do like, I also do gay weddings. I also do like civil ceremonies, elopements, like Honestly, anything that needs someone to basically produce their elopements. Uh, this is exciting. I didn't realize that there was much planning going into that. I, I dig it. I'm I'm used to like that's the '90s eloping, like Uncle Jesse going to Vegas to have an Elvis themed wedding. Like that's what I picture. It's counterintuitive to plan yeah. an elopement. I like yeah. that. You're. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, it is oxymoronic in that, in that fashion. <laughs> but there are some people that still really just want like a high quality photographer and yep. like, really, really good things. And they just don't know where to start. Like yeah. one of my friends recently got engaged and I thought it was so easy to figure out what uh, bridal salon she was going to go to, to find her dress. And to her, it was like, it was choice paralysis. But to me, yeah. since I see it every day, it was mm-hmm. so easy for me to just figure out a couple things for her to turn to. I love it. That's super valuable. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's get started then. What'd you have at number 10? Yeah. So the obvious, but uh, really figure out what your budget is and stick to it. That's a great tip. <laughs> yes. Such yes. a good tip. <laughs> yeah. What would you say, what would you say is like the, I don't know, I don't know numbers cause I, I would imagine it's very regional and specific and yada, yada, yada. But like, what would you say is a, is a 
the multiple you could sort of spend. Like, could you have a wedding that is that is twice as expensive, but really feels the same depending on sort of the touches you put on it? So like you kind of have it's a hotel wedding in the same area with sort of the same number of guests. Like how much of a range really is there on that? Sure. I mean, so if we're to be very, very honest, like or Chicago, you can put numbers on it if you like, right? If that's no, no, easier. I totally, I totally <laughs> will. <laughs> Chicago is um, the second largest wedding market in the United States, so it goes New York and then Chicago. Um, but within Chicago, there's like two separate markets because you have the city and then you have the suburbs. Yeah. So I have um, acquaintances, like different couples that I know. Um, one of them got married in the city and one of them got married in the suburbs. And they yeah. will, in theory, have very similar feeling weddings, right? Perfect. The flowers this is exactly being the, the same, question. whatever. But it is about a fifty to sixty thousand dollar difference. Yeah. And it's yeah. basically oh just and it's basically just suburbs versus city kind of difference. Suburbs versus city. And I mean, when you get to the it, they're just different feels. There's different priorities. Um the yeah. city has, you know, people get booked quicker. Um it generally can be higher quality just because there are more people. So you have that competition to always be better at your craft. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can, if you really wanted to get married somewhere cheaper, you can totally do it. Just other things are going to be harder for people. Like if you live in the city, but now your friend's getting married in the suburbs, you have to have a hotel room in the suburbs, you know, and that's going to be a different like, where's that money coming from? It's just a different spread of the money. Um, but basically, people people have a hard time really figuring out what their money is because people don't want to ask their parents and they don't really want to, like, talk money, which is, you know, fair, but <laughs> everything needs to be paid for somehow. So really sticking to that and figuring out what it is you're going to do and, and get those quotes from the city people or from the suburbs people and figure it out and, it, you know, actually stick with it. Caroline and I have we picked our venue so we're getting married next fall um sorry pod listeners I don't know we'll we'll give you a formal announcement someday um and (laughs) fall 2020 yeah yeah so fall 2020 and um when we were looking at venues the ability to actually ascertain the price was a real factor so something could have been more expensive in the number we could generate. But as long as we were kind of confident that the number we were getting was the actual number, that made a really big difference for us because there's a lot of places that are kind of vague or like, oh, call us for pricing or they won't have a seasonal brochure or they'll give you part of the price but not the whole thing. Where we ended up picking for the venue just was very clear, very a la carte, a lot of options. And it was pretty easy for us to come up with an estimate for the kind of, you know, bones of the cost based on our number of guests we're targeting. And I think that was big for us because we're not shy about money. Like we'll, you know, we'll talk pretty openly. My mom, like I said, is a real estate agent. So we've been comfortable with it for a long time. And um, it was nice for us to be able to actually put a good number on it early. Right. And even just like having a clear idea of what money you even have to spend, you know, because sometimes different parents want to chip in, but you don't know how to ask that. And just having that 
you know, it's not an offensive conversation, just being like, hey, parents, you know, you've always mentioned that you'd help pay for something. What does that actually look like? What are we actually working with? Because you don't want to, I mean, it's so easy to think that you want one thing and then learn how much it costs and you can't do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> which, you know, Pinterest, that just happens all the time. <laughs> I'll say that having a defined budget in mind and being intentional about sticking to it, actually, you mentioned it, like having ch like choice paralysis. If you're really serious about adhering to a budget, you can eliminate a lot of stuff right off the top and kind of whittle your choices down, which helped us a lot when we were trying to pick from, like you were saying, like yeah. hundreds of vendors in Chicago for There's different stuff. There's just so stuff. many, which is awesome because it gives yep. you so many things to work with, but also very daunting. Yes. It would have been nice to have that Guy Fieri guest appearance, but I get, I'm glad you didn't blow all your budget on that. <laughs> just got got to have priorities. <laughs> Gotta. All right. Do you want to talk to us about number nine? Yeah, well, so that's actually a perfect transition because... Guy Fieri? Uh, wow. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you need fresh blonde tips. Um, <laughs> really, really get that hair done the week before your wedding. No. Uh, yeah, good call. Um, I, I was going to say, book your priority vendors first, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, if you... Basically, when you start wedding planning, sit down and book... Or not sit down and book, but sit down and write out what your priorities are. Is photography a priority? Is food a priority? Are random little, you know, paper products like monogram napkins, is that a priority? If they are, then plan those things first. Everything else, you know, if you don't care about it, it can come later. You can take some time to think about it and really figure out how you want to allocate the rest of your money. But if you care so much about getting that, you know, pristine photographer and those photographers, especially in the Chicago industry, like they go up quickly because we only have so many months for weddings. So you're booking, you know, over a year ahead of time, um, you know, book those first, just, just so that you know that you have them. In your experience, what are the three, like, what are the three vendors you need to book first, just based on availability? Like which three go first, regardless of your priorities, just because they might we could all get booked up. Yeah, so I would say uh, venue first because there's always the hot venues in Chicago or the hot venues anywhere that you go that people really want to get married at. Um, so venue, then photographer. Um, and honestly, the third one can be whatever. Uh, lots of people care a lot about having a live band. So if you mm. want that really, really good live band, like those are going to go really quickly. Um, honestly, DJs, that's less so of a thing compared to live band. Um at caterers, but generally caterers can also, you know, do a couple more events a, a weekend. Um, but really, honestly, that venue and that photographer, those are the ones that are, you know, that their time is actually all that they have. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. That's mm -hmm. a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, I would just say writing down those priorities and booking those first, and then it kind of gives you uh, the remaining budget to look at, and it gives you kind of some relief like the rest of the stuff we care about but not really it just kind of fills the time yeah i want to i want to pat myself on the back really quickly i think this is a real strength of mine like i know the things that i care about and the things that i don't care about and i really don't spend a lot of time on the things that i don't care about and i think i it's it's a it's a talent of mine uh i think caroline and i have done a nice job of that so far and i hope we can stick with that because like there just are certain things that just matter and don't matter. Like Caroline is a, is an excellent photographer and really cares about getting a good photographer. Did a ton of work, got us a great photographer, pumped. Neither of us gives a crap about flowers. I, we don't care. 
we'll pick a color that kind of matches the the general motif and we're going to move on. It just doesn't matter to us. And I don't think we're going to give it really a second thought. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, that's a really great way of approaching it. And there's no wrong way to plan a wedding, but you just don't, I mean, everyone's going to tell you this, but you don't want to stress yourself out. Yeah. Over planning a wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give my wife, Elise, just a quick pat on the back too, because those were one and two for us. I think we booked the venue first, like very soon after our engagement. And then the photographer was like the next thing. And I'm sure you experienced this, like, after you have some of those big things out of the way, you kind of have like swaths of empty time mm-hmm. where you just kind of can think about some of the less high priority stuff. But I also just want to note for MK that Kyle's uh, venue was really, really cool, really different and awesome. And his photographers were just utterly fantastic. Did such a great job of getting great photos and not being in the way. Like they were great. They just I was I was blown away by that experience. I think you know the venue. We talked about it, but I'll tell you about the photographer later, too. <laughs> but excellent. So that was number nine. What about number eight? And then you guys did a, did a very good job with the <laughs> perfect transitions. Again, I was going to say, make sure that you hire people that you like. Because mm-hmm. if you are spending an entire day with a wedding vendor, and this, this generally goes for uh, photographer and wedding coordinator and any other FaceTime people like a venue manager or something like that, you better like them because it is, you know, and for, for the ladies or honestly dudes, if you, if this is your thing, like if you're doing hair and makeup, like that is four hours in the morning of them sitting there. Like you better like them, you know, like, and yeah. you have to talk like to them. close to your face. Right. Yeah. I like mean, on the biggest that's... day of your life. I wouldn't yeah. have thought of that. They, they share probably more hours of your day than like anybody. Right. And so, you know, if if I don't jive with someone, and even if it's not, like, a mean-spirited thing, if we just, like, aren't the same type of person, like, I am not offended if you don't want to hire me because I'm one type of person. There are other people that are a different type of way in the city. Like like we said, there's so many people here in Chicago that you're going to find someone that you're going to actually enjoy spending this time with because they're not part of your family and friends. Like, this wedding means a lot to them in terms of, like, they like doing their job and helping you have a good day, but they're not someone who's like emotionally, emotionally invested like your family and friends are. So they better be someone you don't mind like joking around with or like even just saying stupid stuff to every once in a while. I had I had a very direct experience of this, which was uh, when Carolyn and I got engaged, we had um, the woman who did my sister's wedding photos. I, I arranged for her to take um, engagement photos of us. And I, just a shout out because I, I don't know, she's... She's awesome. Ann Lee is her name. She's in Boston in case anybody from Boston needs photos for any reason. I don't know. Figure give her a little uh, free shout out. But she's just awesome. Like we saw her 20 minutes after we got engaged. This was the happiest day of our lives. So pumped. Just FaceTimed all of our friends and family. And then suddenly we see this person who we barely know. And she couldn't have just she couldn't have contributed more enthusiasm or happiness to that day and i think if she had been kind of a sourpuss it would have taken the mood down but she was so happy for us and so fun that she genuinely contributed to our great day which was really cool and surprising i didn't i didn't expect that a person who um you know we didn't know could could add that to our day as long as we're giving shout outs out our photography was done by a group called Gerber and Scarpelli. Oh, I have a wedding with them this year. So I just sent them an email. 
we worked with uh, Gerber, Kurt Gerber, <laughs> and I hope it's Gerber, not Scarpelli. I think it's Gerber. And he's, like, the coolest person I know. <laughs> like, he came over, like, into our neighborhood and sat down with us to talk about expectations for the day, and we talked about photos for, like, five minutes, and then we just had drinks and tapas and had fun for another, like, hour. Um, so Gerber and Scarpelli, if you're looking for a great 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 photography experience in chicago but that made a world of difference and it clearly showed because mike attended my wedding and i noticed how great they were too so i think both of those cases like perfectly highlight your point yeah and if you think about it the wedding industry is primarily service-based you know so we're all service you know, we're all service people. That's that's what we're providing a service. So we should be upbeat. We should be giving you a, you know an exemplified like experience. If we're if we're making your wedding day worse, <laughs> that we're that's bad. <laughs> you know. So and there's and you only get one of them. So we should at least be adding to it or you know keeping things neutral. Like you said, if you if the photographer if you don't want your photographer to even seem like they're there, like that type of photographer exists as well as well too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So that brings us to our not top three segment. I don't know if you've listened to any recent episodes of the podcast, but we do actually have not top three theme music. We just need somebody to cue it up. And as our honored guest, I think you should probably have the honors today. All right. Roll the tape. Oh, gee, thanks, Kevin. (laughs) Kevin, you are... A musical genius, and thank you for your musical stylings. Yeah, that was stanky. Yeah, that was stanky. <laughs> did you prepare not top three? I did. Awesome. Oh, nice. I did. Yes. Um, great. The <laughs> or not great, really. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number one not top three is too much DIY. <laughs> because That's great. because. DIY stands for do-it-yourself, and a lot of people forget that they actually have to do it themselves. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or they remember last minute, and that's not to (laughs) knock on people. It's just, it's, it's, and the thing is, I get it too. Like, I shop at thrift stores. I'm very much like, I will make it myself. I get that. But when it's the week before your wedding, you don't want to handwrite every place card. That's not what you want to do. God made printers for a reason. So, <laughs> you know, like, it's one of those types of things. Um, yeah. I will say with the DIY components of our wedding, we're glad that we did them the way that we did, but there are, you just like, don't think about every single step in a process sometimes. Like, Name placards are a good example. Um, like, you don't think about all the intermediate steps and, like, where they need to be at this time and whose hands they need to be in when. And you sometimes fall into the trap of assuming that it'll work out. In this case, it did, fortunately. But I can definitely see many thousands of scenarios where you assume if this is in the general vicinity, it'll get in the right place, but it might not. <laughs> right. If you're going to DIY stuff, again, not knocking on DIY, but but do it at a time when you're not stressed out, when you do have the time. Like, you yeah. know, if it's something very easy, like a welcome sign, you can make that welcome sign six months earlier, you know? It, mm-hmm. It's not dependent on a guest list or knowing how many people or, 
you know, general specifics. Yeah. Totally. General specifics. That's also oxymoronic. That's yeah, right. all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, semantics. I would also imagine, uh, Kyle, you kind of alluded to this a little bit that part of the issue with the DIY thing is that if it's, you know, if you're Ding the I and the Y, like you want to have creative control, but the scenario just doesn't set up for you to have that final control. Like, let's say you do a great table, like arrangement, you know, you do the, the centerpiece. Well, if you need to fluff the ribbon exactly how the ribbon needs to be fluffed, you're not really going to be the person fluffing the ribbon. And so you're just never going to quite get the the experience that you might have wanted, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, again, this is like the service industry, right? So you are paying for someone to make your life easier, honestly, is what it comes down to. And so there are things that like you want to put your personal touch on, and that's great. But if it's something where it's like setting something up, you know, you don't want to spend like four extra hours after the wedding is over to tear things down to then what? Now you have hundreds of flowers or vases or votives or something sitting in the back of your car yeah. for months. You know, <laughs> like yep. just paying someone to yes. take away all of the things that was used for your wedding is like monumental. Hey, Kay, my sister. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Should I go with the second one then? Absolutely. All right. So this one is just a stick up for all my, you know, wedding vendor friends out there. But do pay your vendors what they are worth. Oh, <laughs> I like this. Uh, I thought this was going to be don't be a dick. Also that it's kind of it's kind of saying that in a way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we as the collective wedding industry friends, we un- again, we understand budgets. We understand that you have only so much, you know, money allocated towards things. Like even a millionaire is going to haggle the price of the penthouse that he buys, right? No one's just going to pay sticker price for everything. But just, uh, you know, assuming things has a wedding tax on it is really an incorrect way of thinking about it. Your wedding day is one of the most important days of your life up until then. You know, there's a lot more emotional stuff that goes into it. You know, even as a wedding planner, like I am getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails from people. It's not just like a couple back and forth. It's not just like that one meeting that I have with you and then the 12 hours of your wedding day. It's the emotional support, the, you know, fine, finer details with every other vendor, right? You know, there's going to be those back force. It is that service component that, it, you know, I send a welcome gift to everyone and we send over spreadsheets and different, you know, checklist that you might need and and it's not just an easy three hundred dollars or something you know it it the the money that we are asking to be paid also contributes to the taxes that we ultimately have to pay and then paying our assistants and paying for our website and paying for our you know if 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 there's materials like flowers you know it's not like ten thousand dollars just goes to the person you know like eight thousand of it goes to the actual flowers and the materials um so you know that, and and I like I said, I understand wanting to haggle the price. That's not the issue, but but thinking people aren't worth what they are. You know, you're you're not gonna people aren't gonna want to work with you. Then you know, it goes the opposite direction. I liked what you said about not assuming that there's a wedding tax because it's kind of easy to fall into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like trying to keep an understanding of what value you're actually reaping with the service. Right. Yeah. 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 This this really is reminding me a ton of my my mom's experience as a real estate agent where like a lot of times if she has a client who just doesn't totally understand the value that she's presenting, 
she'll be like, you know, that's okay. Do your own thing. And it's, it's all about it's and she, and she's fine with it. She really is. Cause at this point she's, you know, she works with a lot of clients and she's okay with refusing business. And I think that's a really helpful, that's a really helpful way to establish a good relationship early is to make sure that there's a good understanding of, of what we're, what we're doing here, what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And like I said, it's never to go against people because you know, people, there's only so much money in the world. And like some people can't spend so, 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 so much money on a wedding. And that's totally okay. But that's why I talk about having those priority things first, you know, like pay the things that you really care about the money that they're worth. And then the other stuff doesn't have to be as much of a thing, you know, instead of trying to haggle every single thing to get every single vendor, like having a million things, but all for subpar price, you know, it's going to be not the best, basically. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one, if that's okay. Please. Yeah, the, last, yes. the last top ten. You are driving. Yeah. We are along for the ride. Uh, the last top, not top ten, three thing is um, <laughs> the random advice and input you're going to get from just about everyone. <laughs> just about everyone, me included, because I have so many opinions. Um, but yeah, try not to listen to it or do listen to it, whatever you want. It just tends to be a negative. (laughs) Ignore the noise. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's your wedding day. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. If you want it to be hectic, you know, let it be hectic. I think a lot of times there's the parental influence and, and that gets really tricky if parents are, you know, contributing financially to the wedding day, you know, but you know, figuring out what things to actually listen to when they're talking to you. And that doesn't count just for parents. That that counts for like siblings and cousins and random friends, you know, like take everything with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, it's going to be your experience, your wedding day. Um, and there are really polite ways to go about including everything. And there are, you know, really polite ways to say no to things too. <laughs> yeah, that's knowing how to say no can be difficult. I will say it, a luxury that Allegis and I had was that we were able to fund most of our wedding by ourselves, which allowed us to be a little more liberal and where we were able to make hard and fast decisions. And that helped a lot, but you're right. Like, and this is true of almost everything that you endeavor to do in life, but you can't like make everybody happy with what you decide to do with your wedding. Mm -hmm. But it's important to remember that that's not really the goal, right? I love your branding, your day. Like, it's very upfront. And I'm looking at some awesome uh, poster material (laughs) right now, and it's just all caps, your day. That highlights that very well. Right. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, especially with my business, like, one day my time will come and I'll have my own wedding and I'll do things the way that I want to do, which surprise is actually a surprise wedding at my engagement party. I don't even want a wedding. But... um, (laughs) What? (laughs) It just comes with seeing weddings all the time. Like, ah, I want to do something different. You're like Um, a doctor. You've seen it all. Yeah. (laughs) But, like... Yeah, and it's it's pick your battles, too, you know? Like, mm. if your mom really wants something, your dad really wants something, like, is that really going to drastically change stuff? No, you know? Let them have that one thing and pick a different battle. And, yeah, and yeah. there's just, there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of the, like, when's the wedding? Where'd you pick it? Blah, 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 you know? And, and it, it's going to come with it, so learning how to deal with it, basically. Strong advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just start being a politician now. (laughs) All right, that concludes our not top three segment. You want to get back to number seven? Sure. So the next thing 
was start collecting addresses <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, this can call. This can be email addresses. This can be mailing addresses. Just addresses because. You're going to send those invites, again, either electronically or via paper, and you will all of a sudden realize you have no idea where anybody lives. <laughs> you just show up at their house a lot, but you've never saved the address. Uber just has it saved on its interface, but you can't grab that detail. So, yeah. This is so fascinating because <laughs> this just came up. I don't remember what the conversation was. We were like, do you know people's addresses? Like, no, I have no idea. It's like phone numbers. I don't know. What the hell? I've got like three. I, I ask Kyle every time I come to visit, like, what's your address again? I finally just saved your address in my Amazon account. But yeah, I think I've got, like, I've got your old one, at least in Amazon. But like, it's like you and my mom and like a couple of other people. Fortunately, my mom has a spreadsheet of every person she's ever met's address. <laughs> So that was a big help, but I will say having your own spreadsheet is a big help, And <laughs> but you just have to make sure that you're keeping it up to date, because we actually ended up having several iterations of this spreadsheet with people moving, and it became a little confusing. So be very intentional about who lives where and when, because <laughs> you might also end up with a scenario where things are getting sent back to you. I mean, and, and it's just, uh, you know, we're not of the age of Rolodexes anymore, so we don't... Um, I still say it and the older crowd in the wedding industry loves me for saying it, but yeah, I mean, we just don't know where anybody lives anymore and you do have to contact them to let them know that you have a wedding and in electronic invites are great until you don't actually have a way of knowing if people have RSVP'd or like they don't remember if they've RSVP'd because it's not a physical piece of paper that's constantly staring back at them like RSVP. Mm. So it's, I mean... It's a catch-22, it's a rock and a hard place, but, like, start collecting those email addresses, start collecting those mailing addresses, because, you, yeah, none of us have them at all. That's a good one to start early and kind of, like, methodically do as you go. Otherwise, you'll end up, like me, texting your mom, like, who lives here? (laughs) Or you have, like, that one Facebook message group of, like, 80 people, and you're like, hey, guys, send me your address, and then that's also a terrible way to get addresses. Because who's going to scroll back on a Facebook message for, like, years Oh, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent yeah. tip. It's not funny, but it's true. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be helpful, not I, not comical. This is practical. This yep. is extremely practical advice. It's a, it's a logistical issue that I've quickly realized is going to be a big issue. So I think this is, this is good practice and a good reminder for me. What about numero seis? Okay, this is... Really, truly a personal preference, but don't either don't have favors or order fewer favors. Mm. Yeah. So if you want to have favors, just come to the understanding that not everyone is going to take it. So just order less, order less so that you don't have to take them home um, because someone's still going to have to take them home. If you are going to order favors, um, take things that either will fit in if your venues like not at the hotel Pick something that will fit in someone's purse um, because they don't want to walk around the streets of whatever holding something to oh, put it in their purse. So um, none of the food. puppies from Bridesmaids. No, no. Well, actually, I don't know. I think those would be pretty good. Yeah. Those would, those would work. I those think people would, would figure it out. They right. would find That's a true. way to get a puppy out of there. Right. True. But yeah, food is a good one. Small things. If it's like a cultural thing, um, like I know that the 
like the Greek culture really likes um, those Jordanian nuts or what? Mm. Jordan almonds. Jordan almonds, right? Like that's a big thing for them. Yeah, don't don't you know? Yaya might get mad if you don't do that. But like, (laughs) yeah. But yeah, in general, like order fewer favors because not everyone's gonna take them, or just don't have favors. You know, it kind of goes along the lines of like people won't know what you don't do. Like, no one's going to sit there going, like, man, ah. why didn't they give me a favor? Like, you've got an open bar, buddy. Like, it's fine, you know? So That's a good yeah. That's a good little aphorism. I like that people won't notice what you don't do or, like, won't remember what you don't do. I like that. That's yeah. a really good point. Maybe we'll just switch yeah. the, the tip to people don't know what you don't do. Yeah. There. Yeah. If you're going to order fewer favors than you have guests, don't put the favors at their place setting at the mm-hmm. table <laughs> yeah or you personalize don't get them. one but you get hey, one yeah i didn't get one <laughs> yeah if i mean that that mostly goes for if you have like a favor table at the end that people walk past and they grab yeah. something you I, know yeah i was just kidding yeah like, I, don't I know people no people do that people put the favors at the place setting oh well we definitely did that oh, then, but we had yeah. but we fell into this trap that you were so clearly demonstrating right now we had so we did um decks of cards with like our really name yeah those Uh, are good that's a good favor especially because we love playing cards and euchre specifically so it it tied in we thought somewhat well but we had like you're right like not everyone took them so we ended Mm -hmm. up having like tons of extra decks of cards Funnily enough, we don't know where any of those cards are (laughs) somebody (laughs) somebody has like 50 decks of cards with our name on them but <laughs> or if you really want to have like personalized gifts like that, because that is really cool. And people do pint glasses and people, mm-hmm. you know, do like personalized bottles of wine or beer or something. You know, if you have like a welcome bag at the hotel block, you know, put them in the welcome bag because then mm. it's already at the hotel. They don't have to take it anywhere. It doesn't have to be transported. It's just already there. And, you know, for a fact, they get it because you've put it either in their room or you've given it to them once they've shown up. That is a great tip. That is. Especially a, like a pint glass. Like, no one wants to, like, leave a wedding with a pint glass. Right. doesn't quite fit in a purse. Yeah. Yeah. But, but pint glasses are awesome. Like, who doesn't like a pint glass, you know? Yeah. So it's a great idea for a gift. You just, the, it's hard. The, the logistics. Yeah. And then if you have extras of those. Imagine having to take home 100 pint glasses. Like, that's just heavy, you know? Yeah. So. It's, that it's is. just impractical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to build that extra luggage into your budget. All right, that was six, correct? Yeah. All right, we're in the top half of this list. We made it. Yeah, the next one was don't use Pinterest as your vision board for everything. Uh, That's, okay, that's hard to say. Don't use Pinterest as your standard there. That's better. I really like that. Yeah, Pinterest is amazing for ideas and amazing for um, really conveying what you're looking for because most of us don't have the terminology to do that um but so many of the things on pinterest are from like brides magazine or vogue or martha stewart and guess what that budget is like five hundred thousand dollars you know so it's generally unrealistic and no vendor wants to copy something you know they they a florist specifically isn't just going to make you a bouquet that looks exactly like the one that you've shown them. So using it as a idea board is great, but instead turn to your friends and look, look at their photos and look at the vendors that they've used and see like a realistic approach to how you would picture your wedding. 
because that's going to be better in terms of like what's actually feasible in the city you're in with the people that you're talking to, with the vendors you're surrounded by, and like, you know, budget. So you still use Pinterest, but have realistic expectations for what's actually attainable and yeah. maybe in your budget or whatever. Yeah, like use Pinterest as a starting point and yeah. something to help describe and and be, you know, fun. And there are really good things on there in terms of um, paper products and, you know, personalized things for your wedding party. Like that's a really great place to go because it's a lot of Etsy as well. But like, you know, flowers and mostly, I mean, flowers. Like flowers is a great example. You know, a lot of those weddings on Pinterest have really large budgets for flowers and people really underestimate how much flowers actually cost. Um, it's a common mistake. They cost more than you think. So, <laughs> so it's just, it, while Pinterest is great, it, you also don't want it to be what you expect your wedding is going to look like. It also seems to be that my experience with Pinterest is that it's really good at showing you point B, but really not good at showing you how you get from point A to point B. Like Caroline will a lot of times do recipes that she's found on Instagram or Pinterest or from some influencer on the internet and they look great. Their photography budgets are through the roof. They have clearly spritzed every little thing and, and made sure that they're shiny and beautiful, but the recipes are very vague. It's like an amount of sugar. It's like, well, <laughs> what amount of sugar? And I would, <laughs> to taste. I would, yeah, to taste. Everything to taste. I would tend to think that it's probably similar with sort of wedding Pinterest things. It's like, okay, if I'm bringing to a vendor this end outcome, that's great, but they still need to have some understanding of how to get to that end outcome. Right. And especially, I mean, especially with photography, like there's so many different types of photography too. So you, you're, if you wanted like a dark and moody, adventurous sort of photographer and you're showing them all these light and airy sort of things, like it's just not going to transfer. Um, so like you said, it's really great to give you an idea on where to start, but you still end up having to do a lot of research for the vendors in your area anyway. It's not like you're mm -hmm. going to Pinterest to find yeah. The Chicago photographer. I mean, you could. It's not like it's not a search engine, but like basically turn to your friends. Yeah. If you're if you're getting married, there's a chance that someone in your friend group has gotten married unless you're literally the first one and now it's a domino effect after you, but like you've had a cousin who got married or you can use Google or yeah. you know, and like and not to say that you're unintelligent, but just like Google will give you a starting point whereas Pinterest won't actually give you the tools to research the people in your area. That's great advice. Yeah, I spend all day doing this, so <laughs> I've learned I've learned a couple things. <laughs> I feel like this is fueled somewhat by some like a number of times where someone has come to you with something on Pinterest and been like, "Let's do this," and you're like, "I can't do that." Right? Yeah. <laughs> or do we really want to do this? Right? And especially and especially in the DIY sort of thing too. Exactly how you described the recipes, like people, you know. <laughs> You're right. The, for the recipes, people put, like, it's wax. A lot of that food yeah. is wax. It's not oh, even yeah. real food. Yeah. Right. So it's the same thing with, like, flowers or, you know, arrangements. Or... Oh, this this very complicated origami centerpiece? Do right. you know origami? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no? Yeah. No. But I saw a picture on Pinterest yeah. once, and, and maybe I can make it, right? Yeah. So, it's, yeah, and again, it's never to knock the people that want a DIY. It's just, it's the standards and expectations thing. It's hard when you only see beautiful, large budget items all the time. <laughs> That's a good one.
That is a good one. I think you've done an excellent job so far of, like, at each one that you've told us, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is a better tip than the previous. <laughs> like, yes. it's ordered extremely well so far. Mm-hmm. I have a college degree sometimes. I use it, you know. <laughs> I went to school for political science, and now I'm a wedding planner. So every once in a while, I have to... Word. I have to, I have to go back on those academic things. It's just really refreshing... Because when it's just us two doing this, it's it does yes. like there's not a lot of professionality surrounding the podcast, and that certainly is no good. logic. So thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can be worse. I can be worse. I'm just uh, trying not to be. No, so. bring bring us up. Don't let us bring you down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Quattro. The next one is kind of a plug, but kind of not a plug. Mm-hmm. But you should hire a day of coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're in Chicago, my website is www.yourdaybymk.com. My Instagram is yourdaybymk. Um, but, and again, I will admit my bias to this, but like I, I go to weddings, I see weddings, and I just don't understand how people do it without someone running the show. Yeah. Inevitably, something is going to go wrong. And, you know, like, do you, as the as the bride or groom, like, do you want a, a million phone calls about it? Or do you want your parents to have a million phone calls about it? Did you, you know, even all these tips that I've given you, like, this is my full time job. I spend literally all day doing this all the time. Like, yeah. I would never just try to like, DIY my website like I turned to someone for that because like I don't know how that works like I said I was a political science major like Mm -hmm. and even then I'm not going to try to run the country right like you hire (laughs) out to help people so you know like it's it's having a having a month of coordinator gives you a buffer for any familial problems you know like I said I'm really good at saying Yes to everyone without it sounding like I'm actually saying yes. Like, I'm just being kind to everyone. Um, They give you the tips that you need. They help you think about things that you haven't thought about before. Um, And really, honestly, just making sure that you actually get to participate in your wedding day. You know, like, and I've had things come up in wedding days that I've run before. And it's nothing against me or the vendors that I've worked with. It's not like we weren't doing a really great job. It's just that stuff happens and you just can't predict it. And on your wedding day, you don't want to be the one figuring that out. I mean, yeah, it'll make for a great story, but that's not what you paid a bunch of money to have happen, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, like hire me, that'd be great. Or don't hire me, hire someone. Like it'll just make the day so much less stressful. Although, yeah, you didn't have someone, so. Well, I wasn't what I was going to say. I was going to say one thing I've heard from a lot of people and we found it to be exceedingly true for our wedding was that it just goes by extremely quickly. Mm -hmm. And so anytime that you're spending coordinating something or talking to someone to get something figured out is less time that you're spending just kind of absorbing and enjoying what you've invested all this time into planning. Mm -hmm. Some really good advice I got from my friend Tom at work was at some point in the evening, find Allegis because you guys are going to be in different places a lot of the time Mm -hmm. talking to people get together, step back, and just take a moment to enjoy it and reflect on it. And I think that of all the other crazy ways that a month of coordinator adds value, one of the biggest ones I think that would have benefited us would have been just more time, even if it's incremental, 
to just enjoy what you've worked so hard to do instead of doing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Of course, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, and I, I've never been married, so, like, I don't know how that... I wouldn't know the personal effects of it, but from, like, the business standpoint and, like, watching the... Honestly, the production of a wedding day happen, like, it astounds me that people are okay with not having there be, like, a central person to make yeah. it happen especially i mean weddings are not cheap and even a cheap wedding isn't cheap you know so it's just like it's a lot of money that you've put you know that you've thrown at things to make sure happen and who's going to make sure it really happens you know and and someone you can give someone that job who's a family member but like also that they're a family member like if you're if your you know cousin came up to him was like hey bt dubs you're in charge today like that you know you spent money on flights in a hotel room and whatever, and now you're working, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I said at the very beginning, like a month off coordinator is a really great investment if you don't need a full-time planner, mm-hmm. but they will take over. It's when they take over when wedding planning is just not fun anymore. Like it's truly <laughs> just logistics and it's, it's making sure that emails get sent. Like that's, you know. And you, and you don't even want to do wedding planning anymore. You just want to elope at that point, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> we definitely hit that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think it, at some point everyone kind of wishes they could or had eloped. So, and that's a good point, actually, that I hadn't really considered. Like, there's a difference between a month of or day of coordinator and a full-time wedding planner. It's not like you have to dive into the deep end and have someone do everything for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and the difference between the two is, like, a full-time planner is going to do that research and stuff for you. So, like, all the time that you're spending finding, like, you know, like we said, Pinterest is not the place to start, right? So you're going to have to do that research. That's what, like, a full-time planner will do is they narrow down those options for you. They already know your budget. They already know who would fit your aesthetic and what's a good place to go to. So they, they put those resources together for you. A coordinator, you've already done all that part anyway. So now it's just tying it all together and making sure it happens. I'm just executing it. Whereas, like, a planner is helping, you know, they're a wedding consultant, really. They're consulting you on it. Just out of curiosity, as a consultant, mm-hmm. do you have a hard time kind of sticking to your scope, for lack of a better term? Like, staying out of the planning aspects of it? Like, and telling people, like, hey, just so you know, like, my role is more to kind of, like, execute this. And it's not really my role to go out and find a caterer for you? Or how much of that stuff do you end up doing, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it. so it all depends on how you preface it with people, right? Mm-hmm. So if I've been really lucky in that a lot of my couples have hired me like a year in advance, which is great because that means they value what I do and they value their day and they know that this is something that they want to invest in. Um, but I preface that from the get-go. I'm like, look, our first meeting for a month of coordination is three months before your wedding day. You are more than welcome to send me emails with questions. I might not be able to get back to them right away. I do send all of my couples a list of vendors that I have worked with before and I have liked. They're not like tailored to their specific budget. It's just Mm -hmm. my go-to list of people. And that gives them kind of a jumping point. And from there, maybe they could check and talk to other people. But I mean, it, it kind of comes down to like, how, how much time does it actually take? Like if they, if it's going to take me time to figure out their budget and really narrow down a person, I'm like, I'm sorry, this is not what we do, you know, but like I said, I preface that beforehand. Like Mm -hmm. when they're asking about month of coordination, I'm like, this is what I do. This is not what I do. 
this is the difference in it. If it's like, hey, MK, I'm looking for some like really fun bars in Chicago for my bachelorette weekend. Like, yeah, okay, I'm a young person in Chicago. I'll send you bars. Like, that's fine. You know, but I'm not gonna, but like, I'm not gonna go and research who takes private events, what would be good for a bachelorette party, what's the aesthetic, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's pretty easy to figure out the difference between the two, especially when you're like, I come in at three months. That's when I really come in, and that's when you get unlimited emails. And by then, if you are picking vendors at that point, like, uh oh, yeah, yeah it's too you. late. Red yeah. flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's. I think to you it seems obvious because I think you're it sounds like you're really good at it. <laughs> but coming from I think like different sector, mm-hmm. being upfront and very clear about what your services are and what they are not is a paramount paramount importance. So it sounds like you've got that. Unlock. <laughs> yeah. People forget that owning a small business is like 70% running a business and then 30% actually doing, doing that business. business. Right. So like yeah. only really 30% of the time I'm planning a wedding. Uh, a little bit more just because Chicago's like our wedding season is tiny. There's only so many months where it's warm outside. And during that time, it's just weddings, weddings, weddings all the time. But a lot of time, I've, you know, I, like I said, I was a political science major. So I had to learn it all from the beginning. And that was one of the biggest things was like, communication and like marketing and advertising and branding is like so monumental to how you run a small business effectively. And that's one of those things. It's just like being upfront from the get go helps because you're right. Nobody like you don't know weddings until you're in weddings. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That was a long silence. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that might have been our new record i think that was yeah. our new record because i thought you froze and you thought i froze i think we yep. should leave that in in the final cut yeah um, let's leave it because we're talking about it now yeah uh do you have any honorable mentions or are we gonna roll right to number three? Oh yeah no i got some honorable mentions this one's this one's just we could talk about it but really um have an open bar just have an open bar. Yep, if, I if, like that. Again, if money is a thing, there are options. Like, have an open bar for the majority of the evening and then close down alcohol for dinner service or mm-hmm. make it a cash bar for, like, the last hour. Um, that way people don't get as drunk as well, you know? Um, but have an open bar. No one's thinking about bringing cash, like, now that businesses are cashless in some parts, you know? No one has cash. Just just have an open bar. Word. Like, Martha Stewart would be proud of you if you did. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's in her etiquette book, actually. It's not, I don't know. I'm just making up stuff. <laughs> uh, we, will, we will fact check that. The next one I had was have a contingency fund. Just, and what I tell people is like, you know how you have automatic payments to your savings account? Like, just do that for a wedding savings account, even if it's like 30 bucks a month or something. I mean, you have like a long engagement. If you're not getting married until fall 2020, like this is just start putting 30 bucks away every month. If it's automatic, you don't know that it's gone. And then at the end of the wedding planning process, when you have to pay tips, when that random thing pops up because you wanted that extra detail or something like that, you have that money and you just should, you just need buffer money no matter what. When you remember that to mail out like a couple hundred invitations Mm -hmm. actually is going to cost you like some money right yeah like, oh my god stamps what? cost money <laughs> yeah. didn't budget for that <laughs> mm-hmm. and especially since wedding invitations are heavier generally so mm-hmm. you might need more stamps you know just yeah it's good to have some money sloshed away for mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah like make a slush fund for your slushed wedding slushed away slushed yeah. away <laughs> yeah and then my last one was make playlists for your random events 
Um, if you have a band or if you have a DJ, you don't have to think about your wedding. But like rehearsal dinner, bachelor party. Mm. If you're on a huh. trolley driving around Chicago for photos, you don't want like radio silence. Or if you have the radio, <laughs> or radio on, Disney. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's gonna be May. Yeah, it's May first. Um, <laughs> nice. But uh, nice. I had to slide it in somehow. But. Uh, yeah, or like, you know, you just want those playlists. Like, if you want the radio, there's going to be commercials at some point. Or you just, like, want to guarantee that your you and your college friends have the music that you listened to when you were in college. Like, just make the playlist. And, and it's fun, too, you know. Um, it's very simple, but it's a really fun way to kind of, like, have fun with all those random parties and events that you're going to have planning a wedding. Yeah. Word. I like that advice. It was definitely one of the better hours of wedding planning for us was putting together the playlist. We ended up using it at the actual reception because we had a DJ. But that's just like, if you can sprinkle in, like, there are some things about your wedding that are just going to be so much fun to plan. And if you can, like, sprinkle those throughout the process and look forward to them, that's cool, I think. And making a playlist like that is, I think, one of those things. Yeah. One of my friends said, give yourself... What's the word? Like, schedule your cake tasting after you make some, like, crazy hard decision, you know? Like, do mm. the fun things after the hard things because, yeah, you're still planning stuff, but now you're, like you said, it's like doing the fun and enjoyable parts and don't do them all at once because then you're doing all the bad things at once and then you're doing all the good things at once and you'd rather just reward yourself. That was it. Yep. Give yep. yourself, like, Treat reward yourself. Treat yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, like, the fun wedding planning stuff because there are fun parts of it. So just most of on. it is fun. Yeah. It's you just have to remember it sometimes. Yeah. And then just like say goodbye to your life savings. But yeah. Well, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That, that too. Get Definitely married, died. folks. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So those are my three, I guess four, but three. Beautiful. Awesome. We are in the top three now, friends. Home stretch. Let her rip. The third one. Um, I accidentally skipped and now just replaced it here instead, mm -hmm. but I do think it's important. Oh. Um, make a separate wedding planning email address. Oh. This is a golden tip. Yeah. Yeah. I think it. you did the right thing by putting it up here because I think this is a, well, maybe not more important than hiring a month of coordinator, but this is a huge, a huge yeah. one. It's like how you have separate bank accounts for things and yeah. it's just like have separate email addresses for your social life, your work life, and your wedding life. Because when you're on your work email, you know, for starters, I don't think you can have wedding planning stuff go through your work email. I feel like that's not kosher in the corporate world. We don't recommend that. Right. Yeah. So you don't want that. And then your personal email has like all your fun stuff, like when you're going to football games or when you're, you know, meeting up with friends or whatever. And you don't want to be like, slapped with an invoice randomly you're like ah, I don't want to pay this right now I was just thinking about football you know and so have that separate email address and then it's so much easier to you know like everything's in one place like whose email was it sent to was it sent to mine was it sent to my fiance's was yes. it sent to my parents like one email address it's all in the same place you can put in different folders yes I'm type a but really truly it is the best way to organize yeah everything. a couple of adjacent tips Make sure that if you're going to read something in that joint email address, you mark it unread until you're sure that your fiance has seen it. Mm -hmm. That is a lesson that I learned. <laughs> another lesson <laughs> Another lesson that we learned is, let's say you have um, one person in your party has a strange name. 
do not just make your email address a mashup of your two names <laughs> because calling your email Kylegis2018 will confuse people. <laughs> Maybe just call it Kyle or like your last name wedding in the year or something because mashing up two first names cause it might have caused some confusion in some cases. You probably were slightly disproportionately challenging, but nonetheless, I think that's good advice. It was awkward because people would like assume that was one of our first names. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Kylie. Just where are you from? Yeah. I feel like that's also just not a nice question to ask anyway. Well, so yeah. no one actually asked us that, but highly recommend the separate email address. Just be careful yeah. about what you call it and how you go about sorting yeah. through it. Just do that. It's just easier. Gmail's free, guys, so yep. it's fine. That's true. That's yep. true. They're, they're just uh, allegedly just taking your data. It's all good. I mean, if they if they steal my wedding planning stuff, that's fine. Take yeah, that. That's kind of how, how I look at it. I'm not doing anything covert. They can have it. All your ads are going to be wedding stuff anyways for a year or so. Yeah, it's like you, what, you have a you have a not wedding website like all your information's out in the public interwebs anyway so. that actually happens all the time when i'm trying to linkedin creep on people from work and i find out way more about their personal lives than i want to know because of their the not <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> and all their best friends and who's the best man and who's not the best yeah, man. and i always click and i'm always oh concerned God. that they can i'm always concerned that they can track but i click he looks just like his brother yeah yeah <laughs> genetics <laughs> Uh, um the second to last tip i'm just gonna roll right into it yeah, yeah. no more awkward silences i'll just <laughs> i'll just take charge um have a plan b for weather for anything major if you're in chicago and it decides to snow rain on <laughs> what was it like april 24th or something Ugh. which was a saturday the day before was sunny the day after was sunny saturday which was wedding day was terrible so a good thing to invest in, those clear um, umbrellas. Every photographer will probably tell you to go buy one of those. Um, it's not a bad thing to have. Just like, honestly, this is mostly for photos um, and like travel purposes. But like if you, it's Chicago's outside photos, that's their thing. Already figure out where you're going to take photos inside if that's just something you've got to do. Um, if it's too cold, if it's too hot, if it's raining, you know, there's beautiful places in Chicago you can take indoor photos, but a lot of those places need permits and you need to pay for that. So you can't just like show up. You have to have that kind of planned beforehand. So that's something to turn to your photographer for, your planner for, have a plan B. Too many people show up, make sure that the venue has a couple extra chairs or, you know, it just... I don't want to say think of worst case scenarios because that's really terrible, but like think of alternate scenarios. Think of alternate <laughs> ways of doing things just in case plan A didn't work because that's yeah. going to happen. Plan A is not going to work for everything because we don't all have infinite money, you know? So come up with a plan B. I know. So I, that same guy that I mentioned before from work, they understanding this about Chicago actually booked a venue that, was fluid enough that they would be able to accommodate everyone inside if need be, but they had an outside like pavilion area and it ended up raining for some time. And so people were able to spend part of it indoors and part of it out. But like what incredible foresight, because if you had like, if you just have an outdoor venue, that could be problematic. Yeah. And there's like smaller examples. Like 
I know for us, like, and I think any decent caterer will do this anyways, but we had some late additions to our wedding. And so like there was extra food on hand for something like that. Or like you said, extra Mm -hmm. chairs, like small things like that to think of. Right. And just like, um, we were talking about flowers the other day, like order an extra boutonniere. Why? Because the groom or the groomsman (laughs) or the dad or the grandpa is going to have a million hugs. That flower is going to get crushed or yeah. something like that. Like, just have that extra boutonniere so that it's not, like, upside down and deflated in some of the most important photos. And that seems silly. And maybe having boutonnieres in the first place is silly. But now that you have one, you don't want it to be dead. Like, either yeah. don't have one or have it alive, you know? Um, and just things like that. That's yeah. that's an excellent point. I, I, I'm, so, I'm so in on this Plan B thing because you've got to, like, you've got to be excited enough about whatever happens Cause you just, there's just no reason to set yourself up to be disappointed with what should be a really happy day. I would also say that I feel like this is an area where a month of coordinator can provide yeah. an insane amount of value because I can think of like maybe six things off the top of my head that could go wrong. And you can think of probably 6,000. Yeah. yeah. Right. Unfortunately. So like, like fortunately you, and unfortunately. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like if I'm hiring you to plan my wedding, that's an incredible value because like you've got this wealth of knowledge and experience that I just don't have by definition. Yeah. Or even just like we have the resources to turn to. Like even right. if I can't fix it, just you like know, the wedding yeah. dress idea. Like I know that I can ask any photographer and they'll know what the permit situation is for indoor facilities and blah, 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 you know? And that's, yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just thinking of an alternate in general across the board, like, or, and that goes for even, you know, your priorities. Like, if you have your heart set on one photographer and they're already booked, like, you're still going to need a photographer. So, like, figure out who your second best And you can still find a be. great photographer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, your wedding day is going to... Wedding... Weddings are like moving trains. It's going to get to the destination. Like, it is so hard to stop a moving train. It's just how do you get there? Does it get there with, like, multiple stops? Does it get there smoothly? Does it get there with, like, terrible tracks? Regardless, that train is going to get there. Like, yeah. it's so hard to stop a moving train. So it's just, like, how do you make that whole experience better? I like yeah. that. I really it's like that incredible analogy. Yeah. Yep, beautiful work. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you. I'm my own creative agency team. So <laughs> <laughs> It's me and my dog. Many hats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so now it's the last. It's the last, the last one, one on your list. It is the number one, the number one tip for wedding planning. Really? It's not, it's nothing crazy. It's just like, remember that you're getting married. At the end of the day, you're still just going to be married. Like we're the hundreds of thousands of dollars worth it. You know, like, was it worth that fight? Was it worth that like stressed out moment? This is like, this is where the Catholic guilt part comes into me. This is where the Notre Dame part comes into me. Like, at the end of the day, you still are going to get married. That is the point of the wedding day. You know, like, that is the point of the celebration. So the moment you lose sight of that, the moment that you spend more of your time together with your fiancé planning a wedding and not actually, like, just being together, like, you've you've just effectively lost, like, why you want to get married to that person in the first place. Um it, it, there's even studies that there's a correlation between divorce rates and budgets of weddings. Like the higher the budget of the wedding, 
the higher the divorce rates. And that's not to say, like, don't plan a grand wedding. And that's not to say, like, hey, people with budgets, like, hire me. Like, I would gladly like that. I still have a business. <laughs> um, but, like, you're getting married. Like, yeah. shouldn't, you know, and, and in theory, it's only going to happen once. And it's not worth the stress. And it's not worth all of the, you know, like, that's why I want to give you these tips in general is so that the whole process is not just like this dreaded moment and a waste of money. Like when you look back on it, you don't want to feel like it was a waste of money or a waste of time or not a good experience because you do only have that one. And so like while planning your wedding, just like step back and be like, is this worth it or is it not worth it? Will we remember this? Will we not remember this? Do we still like after this decision is made, do we still want to get married? Great. Awesome. Because <laughs> if not, that's just terrible. <laughs> You really, you really effectively built the dramatic tension on this list because you built us up with these really practical tips and then you're finishing with this very grand notion. And I couldn't agree more. I love it. I didn't see it coming, but you're so right. Because I, Kyle and I actually, I think, talked about this when he was kind of doing his planning and we've talked about it with some of our friends and, and whatnot. Like you've got to be as excited about the marriage as you are for the wedding and you've just got to remember that like this is this is a day and it's a big day and it's an important day and you should do everything that you can to make it as special as possible. But then you, you return to the thing like what's the thing about why are you getting married? Um, and I really like that your spin on it is to use that knowledge to give yourself some perspective when you're thinking more about cutlery than you ever wanted to. Right. I mean, because you still, like, once it's over, you're yeah. stuck with the person. So, <laughs> like, I mean, not actually. You could get divorced if you wanted. But, yeah. Yeah, those centerpieces die, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah. It, it's, it, like I said, it's the Catholic guilt part in me, and I can't help it. And, and it's the moral part. But, you know, if I'm watching and I'm helping people spend this much money, like, it better be for a good reason. You know? Like, you better really love it, and it better be the one time that you have this one party that's focused on you for forever, you know? And that's not to say that there aren't marriages that need to end for a slew of reasons, right? Like, that's not to that's not to discount any of that. But I mean, for those, like, really healthy relationships that end in this, like, one moment where you're like, wow, this is really great. We're going to have this pinnacle moment and we're going to remember this. You know, it shouldn't be bogged down by all these material things. And at the end of the day, that's what, you know, a lot of a wedding is. And it's a really great reflection of who you are as a couple. And it's a really great experience that you can give your friends and family who've flown in for it. But like, you still have to then spend your life with someone. And I will say that as at times frustrating as it can be, and at times you'll just wish it was over, the second that it's over, you will be so sad that it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We had we definitely had like a wedding hangover in the sense that we were just like sad that this thing that we had been investing so much energy and mm -hmm. time into was had happened and it was beautiful and amazing and perfect, but like now it was like just not there to look forward to anymore. Yeah. So even when you're stressed out, even when it feels like a real pain in the butt, try to step back and like you said, remember that you're getting married and enjoy it because. It's a big deal. It's yeah. the one time, there, not to get morbid, there are two times in your life when yeah. everyone that you care about is in the same place. Right. Yeah. And celebrating you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's that. I think this is an amazing list. I really appreciate you. I think we both do appreciate you coming on here and doing this for us. I, I would feel weird trying to amend this list in any way. I'm sure you feel the same way, Mike. It's 
Perfect. And this is exactly the spirit of what we're trying to do. You have taught us many things. <laughs> this is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I hope I've been helpful. If, uh, if you have any wedding planning questions, feel free to ask me. Slide into my DMs. I spend an ungodly amount of time on Instagram. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, like I, I just like I said, this is where the moral Catholic guilt parts comes into me. Like I do truly want to help people. That's why I also thought about being a wedding planner anyway, because it is at the end of the day helping people make these decisions. And so yeah. if you guys need help, let me know. We love it. And we'll make sure that you're properly connected via our social media. Absolutely. You'll be able to find MK via our Instagram, via our Facebook, even our Twitter we will do. Yep. Twitter. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Our Twitter sucks. Yeah. Uh, okay. So from the both of us, from me, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Yeah. It means a lot to us. It means a lot that you would like this enough to want it. Guy Rich, I love all Notre Dame things. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And give us a Wednesday night. This is very nice. I value yeah. my weeknights greatly. So this is really nice of you to give us one of yours. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, really not a problem i have flexible time generally so yeah. this is this is a good way to fill it yeah cool yeah. so uh should we do a little recap and then we'll talk about some stuff yeah mk do you want to just read through the list from 10 to 1 real quick to to send us on sure i have my contacts in i still can't see it so <laughs> 10 was um identify slash stick to a budget yep number nine is priority vendors first Number eight is hire people that you like. Number seven is start collecting addresses now. That can be email or physical addresses. Number six is be mindful of favors. And that was also amended to be like people don't know what you don't do. Mm -hmm. uh, number five is don't use Pinterest as a standard. Number four is hire a month of coordinator. Number or me, you just hire me. Your, number three, your day by MK. Your day by MK it's Gitchy. Um, <laughs> number three is make a separate wedding email. Number two is plan B's for weather or truly anything. Um, and number one is remember that you're getting married. Yeah. Do beautiful. I have to? Do I do the follow-up stuff? No, that's okay. Good. Great. No, you done that's, it. That was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I nice. would like to add that if people enjoyed our theme or not top three music that that was put together by our dear friend kevin mcleod thank the you dumbest. kevin mm -hmm. thank you kevin our theme yep. our uh, artwork was lovingly crafted by aaron sant and if you want to see more of her designs you can find them at sant design on instagram Speaking of Instagram, our social media is run by the lovely Caroline Labranti. She's been doing a wonderful job. Uh, and if you want to check us out on any of our social media platforms, we are on Instagram. We're on Twitter, sort of. We are on Facebook, Top 10 KM. And if you want to check us out on the old Gmail, you want to be one of these subject matter experts, or you just want to come on and talk some BS with us, top10km at gmail.com. All of those, the 10 is spelled out T-E-N. And I know you're listening to us right now on some podcast app, but if you want to check out a different one, we are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast app, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Kyle, I'd say that's about all I got. I think that's all that she wrote. Yeah. Thanks again, MK. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks MK. For having me, guys. Yeah. Peace.